this car lives in this house, makes this much money and has this partner. And so the app over the course of the book is revealed as the thing which is pushing everyone not merely towards arguably a really rubbish ideal of life, but also towards the same ideal. It makes people who use it the same person, initially in quite a superficial way and then in a much deeper way as the story unfolds. And what inspired you to write about this this, this kind of scenario or this these feelings about uh, perfection and Hollywood and so on? I think there was two things to it. Firstly, when you have a character everyone's forgotten, one of the first things I think you start to do if you don't really have much going on in your life is you almost start to live vicariously. The celebrity mags, the gossip columns, the pictures of other people living the life you can't have. It made sense when you have a character who is entirely anonymous for her to look at the world around her and long to be like that. And with no one to stop her, she can steal her way into that celebrity lifestyle. And so in that sense, it's almost logical for someone who's entirely forgettable to pursue this celebrity dream. Because who's going to stop her? Who's going to give her anything else? Who's going to say to her, actually, there's a better way of living? So that was almost logical from the initial premise. And then just on a societal level, you can't help but notice that every single day the news is about this person who said that to this person, who got off with that person's boyfriend, girlfriend, who slept with this person, who went to see this football game in this club, in that place. And you're just like, this isn't news. This isn't news. This isn't the world. Maybe this is the world that we live in. Maybe this world we wish to perceive. But it's not reality. It's not people living actual lives. It's not a massive economic recession. It's not a war in Syria. It's not real people crossing Europe. It's not the rise of Donald Trump. It's not actually stuff that matters. And we make it matter. We make it matter because it helps define who we are. And because there is a vicarious pleasure in looking at the world and going, maybe one day I will be perfect. Maybe one day I'll have that charisma and that confidence and that wealth. But it's quite a negative dream in a way as well, because by definition, if you are not skinny, sexy, rich, driving that car, then you're not as good as you can be. That's what the world seems to be saying to us right now. And particularly as a woman, you feel this pressure to be this body type, to be this way of behaving in your professional and your daily life even, to act in certain ways and to speak in certain ways. And that, I think, is coming from society. And that's kind of unavoidable and bugs me. <laughs> so are you conscious of making these comments as you're writing or do you come up with an idea and, and that's a sort of byproduct? I tend to come up with the idea and scribble and see what happens. It was almost an inevitable byproduct, partly because of the nature of the character and the fact that her story pushes her to explore this world. And partly as who I am. I'd never consciously sit down and go, I shall now write a book about social media. But I do sit down and who I am, whether I mean it or not, will come out on the page. And what I think, whether I mean it or not, will come out on the page. That's just an inevitable byproduct of being who I am writing a book. And you describe this novel as a thriller. If I were to describe this or a previous novel as fantasy, would that be accurate as well? Yeah. Because there's something about um, an ordinary scenario, but the protagonist has an unusual quirk or has an unusual characteristic. Is that something that you look for when you are identifying your protagonists? Sometimes. Um, last few books, there's certainly been quite a lot of taking one thing about a person and tweaking them and changing them and seeing what happens and running with it, which I do find interesting. Um, it's interesting you kind of talk about it as fantasy. I, I agree, I think, I think a lot of white is fantasy and science fiction. But it's also very difficult when it comes to questions of genre to say exactly what everything is. Because when I think of fantasy, I also think of, you know, magic and wizards and high drama and elves. And I love all of that stuff. But it's definitely not that. And when I say thriller, I kind of think of spies and hotel rooms and men with guns. 
And there's some of that, but it's also not that either. I think a lot of the time these these words like fantasy and thriller are great for just kind of instantly going, this is roughly the area to look at, you might enjoy this if you've enjoyed stuff like that. But it's also quite tricky to apply specifically to one book and say it is only this and only that. And so I, I don't really know how I'd describe the book within genre terms. Mm. I, I hope it's a bit of everything. I think that if you write any story in which there are people being people and stuff happening, odds are it'll have a bit of everything. High fantasy will have romance in. Mm. As Guards Guards with Terry Pratchett proved, high fantasy can also have crime novels in. It's a pure detective story. Everything feeds off everything else, mm. I think, and it's just an inevitable part of writing stories. Mm. And what are you reading at the moment? <laughs> To my surprise, I'm reading The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, which I didn't think I'd be reading because I was like, I've read a lot of quite serious books recently. I'm going to read something ridiculously fun. But it's a fascinating book. It's a book about a line of cell cultures, um, which have...